Hello, my name is Dana Wilson, and I'm the CEO and founder of CHIP, which stands for Changing How Individuals Prosper. CHIP is a digital platform connecting people like you to Black and Latinx financial professionals. This series was started to give people of color a chance to tell our own stories and thoughts around wealth. We hope to demystify stereotypes that still plague many of our communities, regardless of economic status. So sit back, relax, and let's talk money. All right, everyone, welcome to the Included series. Um, I know I always say this, but I'm really excited about our next guest, a good friend of mine, Michael Coe, entrepreneur, community advocate, social change maker, among many, many things. So welcome, Michael, to the Included series. I feel like I got to get some better theme music. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, I already know what my theme music is, but you know, I, I that's know. a whole other so, vibe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just so for clarification, for those who don't know and aren't watching, I am a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated and happy to have my Omega Sci-Fi brother in here, Mel, uh, Michael, who I know, you know, we already know what his music is going to be, right? So right. <laughs> we already know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have me send some stuff out in my house now. Right. You know? I, should, you know, I should just like I should just turn on iTunes right now and just get it playing. I mean, why not? Just go go sit on. Why not? Hey, though. once Juneteenth comes, that's what's oh, going man. down. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a wrap. <laughs> um, but so happy to to have this conversation. I feel like in so many spaces, there's so much going on in the world, to say the least. I feel like my brain is, you know, nowadays, like inundated with just the things. I have to kind of like try to step away from, <laughs> from the world, the news, social media. I'm like, ah, if one more person that looks like me has some sort of issue in public with police, it's just, woof. Yeah, it's a lot. I think that um, some things that we don't talk about in the Black community, I know mental health is something that now that's starting to rise up into the forefront mm -hmm. of conversation. But um, even with that, like you said, um, when you see somebody that looks like you or your family members that, that go through this kind of trauma, it brings up your trauma. You know, it's, a lot of times it flashes... <clears throat> you flash back to when things happen to you like that or any brother or sister, uh, cousin or aunt, uncle, any of those things. So I think not only do we feel uh, compassion and, and hurt um, because even though maybe not be us, we all relate to that plane, that kind of pain in some sort of fashion. So um, yeah, even for myself, I started to see a therapist even, you know, just actually before a lot of this stuff, <clears throat> started to happen almost pre-COVID, uh, you know, so even talking about it sometimes brought up things that I forgot I had suppressed so long ago. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think that's something that we all need to, you maybe kind of look into, you know, that, 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 that pain, we can kind of deal from those emotions that, that, yeah. that we never get healed from or validated from it. And you know, so. we've got, like we've got pain, like we've got years of pain and mental health is so important. And I'm, yeah, to your point, just got my, um, <laughs> get myself in, in that as well. I mean, you know, it's just no different than we train our bodies and everything else, right? right. Mental preparation and taking care of yourself is just one thing that you need to do. And therapy is extremely, extremely important and no different than like the conversation that we have around money is like, we don't talk mm -hmm. about those things like we should, right? Like we need to in our communities, like other communities do, right? They talk about a lot of these things like two, three, four, five years old, four or five years old or so. And it's just like, for us, it's getting into that in our middle middle ages or possibly sooner. I mean, I think technology has helped, <laughs> but right. we can definitely uh, get to it a lot faster. Um, so the first question I always ask everyone out mm -hmm. there, um, is when did you first fall in love with money and when did you realize kind of the power that it had in your life? Ooh, wow. That's a great question. Um, I would say that I've always had a healthy respect for money, right? Um, I just, 
I didn't know until I got more of it that I didn't really never have a lot of it. <laughs> it's, it's funny how that goes, did, right? It's like <laughs> I didn't really understand fully of what money can do, right? Uh, it gives you access. Um, definitely gives you a network. Um, it gives you more possibilities. Um, it gives you connection. So um, I think growing up, you know, hardworking parents, um, you know, big family, I never really thought about things um, that I didn't have. I feel like everybody, like family, people in the neighborhood, everybody was kind of going through the same thing. So I didn't really realize that it was another level to it. Um, the people that I knew was another level, uh, I guess the safest way to say it, they didn't look like me. So I just thought that's just how it was. And, <clears throat> and I think going to um, a PWI and then going to a HBCU and then, you know, getting drafted into the NFL, that is kind of where I start to see the discrepancy, right? You don't see a discrepancy when everybody is kind of in the same bowl, right? And then once you kind of, graduate or go to a new level or um, plateau, if you will, in life, then it's like, wow, wait, like, how do you get the less and less people that look like you, uh, that you see? And it's like, why didn't I ever get this information before? And then you kind of start going back down that rabbit hole, maybe, and start connecting the dots. And, just, and the longer and longer you're there, the more and more it makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I say that to say, you know, um, I didn't play to get money uh, never was a goal of mine. I just wanted to be the best. I love competing and, you know, um, excelling, you know, everybody loves success, right? So um, I'm just fortunate and blessed to, to have had the opportunity to do something I love at a high level for, for a little bit, you know? Um, but I think then once, once I got out of the league, <clears throat> you really realize that the gap, right? Because now I got the chance to be able to see the access. I got the chance a little bit to see what, you know, other guys are doing. Uh, even in the, in the NFL, it's kind of a hierarchy, right? Yeah. A couple years in, you know, it gives you a little bit more juice and longer you're in it, you're like, wow. Uh, each room looks a little different, if that makes sense. And so uh, I think a part of that, it, 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 it compels you to want to include the people that you did that you do know that were working hard and uh, just as hard as you and they don't get that same access so my respect of money or my greater understanding of it uh, compelled me to want to change change that you know um, and collaborate with people that are willing to do that and wanting to do that yeah and it's crazy too it's like when you think about access um, just like from you know, a worldview, like a macro view and then micro view as it relates to to sports and being that arena and then really seeing the difference between, you know, people, right? So people who look mm -hmm. like you and I and then those that don't, that might just generally have more access because of, um, you know, the color of their skin and coming into it. Uh, do you feel like there was that almost kind of competitive nature of trying to figure out what everyone was doing um, and how that was relating back to, you know, how they felt about their, their own monetary situation? Um, I would say so. Uh, there's always some type of, um, you know, in the draft where you get drafted, your money's already slotted. So people kind of already know how much money you, you kind of have. But, and I always, and you can think about it like this, like, you know, the NFL, or when I think I was in, it was about 78% Black. So the conversations that we would have would be a lot different than at that in that time or even still now, uh, white guys are the minority, mm -hmm. uh, but they're not the minority when it comes to decision making and they're not the minority right. when it comes to more of the opportunities, but they are the minority when it comes to the product on the field, but even their conversations were different. Um, uh, a lot of those guys are already in the tech space and knowing all these things like I've a lot of the introduction I got was in the NFL because of those guys mm -hmm. I had no clue nobody's ever told me anything like that so it's real eye-opening and like I, like kind of what you mentioned before the accessibility and the educational gap is so massive and not education meaning um, not smart it's just that <clears throat> even in our school systems uh, the lack of I would say uh, information that is disseminated uh, certain things intentionally uh, are left out 
and you can as you as you mature into your career and and, and maybe start succeeding you you start to see that and then um so yeah i would definitely say uh there's a big um there's definitely a difference between you know the minority white and uh the majority of the, the black product there in the, in the NFL. Yeah. And it's like, there's so much to unpack there. You know, when we think about access to just it's a lot. things, right? <laughs> it's like, we're talking about, you know, yeah. getting into and figuring out the monetary side of things and just how we develop with our money and how it just kind of transitions throughout our life. But then also looking back, you know, how it started early on, right? And even getting into certain careers and not really that, not realizing that other opportunities exist for us in different spaces. And it's like, until we get the access, which is usually like years later, if we ever get the access mm -hmm. to step into those rooms, to be a part of these conversations where, you know, these individuals are investing in the next tech, whatever, but we're, we don't hear about that mm -hmm. until everyone else you know, with the papers <laughs> and when we're reading it online, as opposed to being the major players in the room to actually put money into that. Um, right. Yeah. So it's kind of why do you think that is to like with, you know, uh, a friend, a couple of friends and I were just talking about that the other day. Uh, one of the guys, he looks up to Nas, just, you know, uh, and he was like, yo, how does dude made a hundred million bottles of and kept it secret for this long. <laughs> he said, why do rappers or whatever, entertainers, athletes, when they get like kind of what you're saying, you get this access, why is it so quiet? We didn't know it was that, you know, great until this, whoever they want to prop up to use. And that like, he wasn't blaming now, but his, his whole point was, obviously I don't know the whole story, but he was saying like, you know, why some of these opportunities that, you know, some of the less than 1%, let's just say, even in the black community, that'd be even a smaller number of percentage, right? That actually go on and to get the access, why is it so quiet? So do you have a theory of like, why that is, maybe they don't know how to articulate it. Um, I don't know, only, I only one I know that really kind of was out there saying it a lot was Chameleonaire. He was out there for a long time. Oh, uh, yeah. Really kind of <laughs> being loud about his fist about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting conversation and question, right? Because it's like, why aren't we doing more to share the information? I mean, some of it might be wrapped around like legal and NDAs and, you know, who's really an, around to be in the room and, he, and who can be in those spaces. But on like the lower level of things, it's us providing those that opportunity for each other. So it's like, as we think about and we start mm -hmm. building up businesses that are run by us that can be those unicorns and things like that how do we do a better job as a community to make sure we're in the room to invest um, and i've definitely seen a lot of companies be able to do that now whether it be like through crowdfunding or it's through you know other different channels um, through regulations that are now changed for you know for the ability to do that right that gives us places to be in the spaces where we can actually invest in the next whatever that next thing is, right? But it was like before we really didn't have the access to it. Um, and even now with all this technology and education, it seems like we are still sometimes the last to find out about it or we're skeptical, <laughs> right? Right. Sometimes we're skeptical, you know, too skeptical of the opportunity even when it's in front of us. And that just kind of goes back to what you were saying before around education um, and understanding mm. of who we are as a people. Um, and do you feel like just from that perspective, like, do you think that we have really fully realized our own potential as wealth creators um, within our community? Absolutely not. I don't even think we've even touched the tip of the iceberg, to be quite honest with you. Um, and then to your point, like you said, the, the lack of education, man, it's, you know, our parents, and I can't speak for everybody's parents, um, you know, they never taught me about annuities, stock, <laughs> 401ks, uh, financial plans, none of those things because they weren't taught none of those things because my grandparents didn't have the money. They're living paycheck to paycheck, right? So my mom, my dad, it was all about survival. And then once <clears throat> they had their kids and stuff like that, they were teaching us, you know, being a good citizen, learning Basic, basic, basically survival skills. Hey, you want to make sure you set up your banking account, how to balance a checkbook, right? And a lot of those skills aren't even really 
I don't say that's not relevant, but it's not really what we kind of do anymore. Um, so I think that um, the only, for the most part, the only uh, like people that you may see or just either athlete or unless they got a microphone in their mouth. And so they, people act like that small, 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 small percentage of uh, black people, that's all, that's the best that we have to offer. And it's, and it's not, there's so many, like if that's less than 1%, what about the other 99 and a half percent, right? So there's so many other uh, black men and women out there uh, that are the next creator, the next one Buffett, but it's all about getting them that access and how do we create an avenues and pathways and platforms to do so, right? Um, because like you said, um, I, I say this a lot to people like, hey, that's not my gift, you know? <laughs> yeah, like if you want to, to start- That's a powerful thing to even admit, right? It's something that we all can't do is saying, right. that's not my gift, right? <laughs> so right. I mean, that's, I just feel like, take the pressure off of yourself, right? Like, hey, you, you know, I'm a big strategist. I love chess. I love anything like that. But when it comes to maybe implementation, that's not my gift, right? So why don't I bring somebody along who has that gift, give them a platform, an avenue to excel, to succeed. And I think that's the model that we need to start doing. Like we need to create not only a platform, uh, but, you know, create next steps for that person, our community, not just, hey, I'm gonna teach you how to fish. No, I'm gonna put you in a pond to where there's fish. I'm not just gonna set you up and give you a building. No, I'm gonna give you resources. I'm gonna give you uh, instant, not instant business, business, but hey, B2B, this is gonna start getting you rolled. I'm gonna make you this introduction and this is how this process is gonna go. You know, you know, reach, um, reach one, teach one. Um, but we have to be patient too and, and uh, and it's 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 hurt us in a myriad of ways that we are skeptical, uh, skeptical of the things that uh, the knowledge has been out there for years and generations, right? Because why would you believe me when I tell you about the stock market if it didn't come from your uncle, your cousin, or people in your community? Mm -hmm. So we keep on repeating that cycle. We're not listening to this guy. Well, hey, it doesn't matter if he's an athlete or whatever he does. If he has access and he has information, you may want to take that, you know, into consideration. It doesn't matter that you know, she's a world-class gymnast or whatever she may be or he may be, it's not, that's not the point. And I think sometimes we get so fixated on what that person's doing as opposed to what they can provide for the rest of us. And I think, um, because even at that time, if you're a master in your, in your career, right? If you are an NFL player, when are you gonna have time? In what way are you tech savvy? That's not what you do every day. So that's kind of what I mean by that's not my gift or I don't know the law like that. So why would I take it upon myself to try to do maybe work out a con? Why don't I bring somebody who knows those things? And so I feel like in our community, that's kind of, we need to use our resources. Uh, there's just so many brilliant, brilliant minds out there that are just waiting, you know, are begging or knocking down the door to be used. And so we, we just definitely have to do a better job. And, and I forget, and I'm gonna shut up. I forgot who, who said this. And I don't want to misquote him. My, you probably know, it, it, I think it was some uh, white CEO had said that it's hard to find qualified black people. Oh yes, there's. And there's, I was just like, <laughs> I mean, there was there was one pretty recent, um, and that actually <laughs> came out of the financial industry, unfortunately. Um, yeah, no, and it's almost like I, I love what you said earlier. And I'm just gonna kind of repeat it differently, right? Because it's like, mm -hmm. if you would think that there were only like 25 black people in this world, right? Because it's like, we always spin around that, um, you know, those individuals that are well-known that everyone knows. But to your point, it's like, there's so many of us out here doing really amazing things that don't necessarily get brought to the table or get kind of that notoriety unless it's like per industry, a lot of people know these individuals or something like that, right? We, there's never this space where we really amplify those messages in the way that we need to. But I feel like, I feel like we're starting to kind of come together and get there, but we're still, you know, at the starting point of that, right? It's like, we look at history and it's like, that's how history, 
I mean, that's what we did, right? We were central in our communities. We had these mm. black wall streets. We had, you know, these strips of, of land and, um, and community where, you know, here was the corner store you went to. This is where you got your newspaper, your haircut. You know, the pharmacist was black. It was like that, mm-hmm. you know, the doctor, the dentist, right? We had all of that and we relied on everyone to do what they were good at, right? No one was mm-hmm. out here trying to do, you know, the doctor, the dentist, the attorney. <laughs> it was just right. like, you know, we pulled people in uh, when it made sense and then also just leaned on their skill set. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have to, you know, definitely make sure that we're continuing to do that to create that social empowerment and economic space that we want to have. Absolutely. I mean, segregation, we talked about it uh, uh, during Black History Month. We had a big vote to the polls thing, but we talked about that, how segregation, because it was never about desegregating. It's about getting a black dollar. <clears throat> so they didn't really plan on like what happened. They shut down our schools and they shut down those grocery stores. People moved away. They could go across the street now and, you know, to, you know, and into the white community and spend their money there. And it was always that, oh, it was better over there. And that wasn't always true. So I think like kind of what you're saying, we're, we're starting to get to the point to have the conversation, but it's harder to, I feel like we're, it's like herding, herding uh, cattle right now. You know, yeah. people are listening, they're on the farm now, but we got to start, you know, bringing that together. And like you said, you know, just, it takes humility to grow, man. Like you, you can't do everything. And if that's not your lane, doesn't mean that you can't learn about it. But if you, you know somebody that excels at that and they do that every day, allow them to help you, allow them to get that information, absorb everything that you can. Uh, about that subject and get clarification for somebody who is an expert. If they're a professional in their career, they're an expert, really. You know what I mean? It's a, <laughs> if there's a lawyer, you want lawyer advice, don't ask me. I can give you an opinion, but once you go ask somebody who practices that on it, gets paid to do this. Yeah, it's like put them in the seat that they were designed, that that, that was their gift, right? Let's use That's their gift. Name, right? Like let's, yeah. let, them, let them use their gift <laughs> to help right. you. How can we help you? Um, and I think of it as a time management thing too. Something yeah. that it may take me two hours could take you 20 minutes. It's yeah. like, I'm not going to be here wasting two hours. I'm just going to pass that along. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, even running a startup, right? It's like <coughs> different hats, but then you got to get to a point where you have to take, you have to start taking hats off and you, it's just like, you don't want to wear them all the time. So it's like put people in the seat um, who, you know, are intentional within, you know, if you're in your community and that's who you want to put into those seats to make sure that we're building as a community, it's like, do that right? Allow them the space to, to grow and also build up their particular brand or whatever it is uh, that they're trying to do. And so we're supporting each other um, through that way, through those social channels. And then also that obviously goes back into everyone's pocket from a wealth perspective. Absolutely. You know, now what do you think about, um, you know, just even the divine nine getting more involved? I see that a lot more now. Um, And, you know, kind of to your point previously, the divine nine that was i don't want to say the whole reason but the, it was a big influencer back then it was uh, you were on and say obligated but it was so much part of your dna to bring people with you to educate your community that that the fraternities and sororities that is exactly what they did and i feel like a lot of that lost its luster you know what i mean when it got too much the show. I'm mean, as far as maybe when social media got out there, it got too much about performing and not maybe not in the divine nine, but the perception of it, right? right? The perception of what was going on is a lot different than actually what goes on when you're when you're in it. Mm-hmm. And I encourage people a lot, you know, when I meet them, join one. Mm-hmm. Ain't never too late. Understand the reason why uh, these organizations, our organization exists. Understand why it's a, the yeah. unity understand that understand the mandated programs that every organization does to uplift their community like and we can use those there's so many uh i, w- <clears throat> I was telling this, well, i forgot who it was having a conversation but i was like man pretty much any famous or a well-known black actress or actor or entertainer or whatever there you part of the divine nine is just you didn't know that and I, I just beg people to use that, man. It's never too late. Get involved. You know, roll your sleeves up. There's so much opportunity out there. Yeah, I think it's going back to you, what you first said about understanding why 
you know, they were created and why they existed, right? It's the same thing about, you know, about HBCUs and why they were created and why they exist and how somewhere along the line, it stopped being about the history and the why and more of, oh, well, they don't really stack up against, you know, PWIs in that particular way. And it's like, well, you forgot that you weren't even allowed to go to that school. Um, a couple of years ago, and that's why HBCUs were created. And that's why they're in the, the communities um, that they're in that are now being gentrified, right? And that's a whole nother <laughs> conversation in itself. And I add that caveat that we pay taxes to those PWIs uh, that we weren't allowed to go to. Right, exactly. We, we pay for other people to go to. Yeah, so it's like whether you like another conversation. <laughs> yeah, I know it's like deepening in the deepening of things, but it's it's real, right? It's like you weren't allowed to go here, and yet, yes, you do pay taxes to to some of those, and you may or may not even know or realize it. Um, and you know how we're going to do a better job of remembering kind of those things and bringing, I think, a lot of you know these this new generation that's so tech heavy, so into social media. To your point, really only sees or possibly is only seeing this social aspect to the HBCUs, to, you know, the communities and organizations that, you know, both of us are a part of, but they don't really understand the history as to the why. And that's yeah. so important because I think if more um, younger individuals, and although we're still very young <laughs> ourselves, yeah. but, he's very, but we also remember typewriters and what it was like to do dial-up AOL and receive CDs in the mail. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Absolutely. All those traumatizing Sorry, things that happen. Oh my God, seriously. VHS and Atari. Right, yeah, it's like, how, how did we move forward <laughs> from there? Um, but yeah, just like digging up digging up the crates and, and going back and helping people to understand um, those things about our communities and where we came from to get to this particular point, which is like- I, I'm, hey, I'm all for it. I push it hard. I push it hard now because I feel like it's not and. I think it should be that I mean, if you look at even Martin Luther King, Jesse Jackson, Reverend Abernathy, all those men, and even at that time in the in the middle of the civil rights movement, they all are part of the organization. And we backed one another. And that's what I think the beautiful thing about that is men, women, it didn't matter. We backed one another. We helped support one another. And, and that's something that we can get back to, especially with the, the social media having as much influence as it's having right now. Um, and that platform, you don't even have to be famous or entertainer to 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 have influence now. You can be good on social media and then you have a ton of followers. And just think of that as backed by, you know, a, a inf infrastructure like the Divine Nine and how many things that we we can start doing collectively and how you can do things individually with that backing behind you. Uh, I just think the to the uh, possibilities are endless of what we can actually do and I don't think that's something that would take very long if we got on board with that no absolutely not I mean it's like any other effort that we put out there I mean I think you know at some point you know years ago everything was collective and we did think we, we did things collectively because we had to and you know along the lines we got split up and you know we can go back mm -hmm. to history we know all the reasons why we you know, migrated certain places and then we became kind of like this broken community and society of, of black individuals. And then now we're kind of trying to regroup and get back to that sense of community and that sense of collaborative thinking because we know that history has told us that that's what worked, right? It didn't work when we were doing things in silos. It worked when we had our own communities, when we were, you know, putting money back into each other. Like we can see where it worked there. We got, you know, history dismantled that. And now we're back to, okay, this is what worked and this is made, this is what makes sense. So, you know, that entire collaborative thought and journey and sharing of money um, and, and funds and, and wealth is definitely how we continue to, to move forward to, to do that. Um, and how do you feel just kind of coming you know, understanding, you know, your relationship with money and how that's kind of fled into all of the other aspects and things that you're working on now, how has that really helped you kind of shape, especially with a lot of the social impact stuff that you're working on? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, I could talk about that all day. Um, because even as you matriculate through business and entrepreneurship, right, there's so many things that I didn't even have access to. Uh, or there are people who didn't even tell me. And so there's some more and more digging in how you can leverage certain things financially, how, how much, if you have cash here, you can borrow against yourself. 
I mean, we can go back that even through history. If we had land, we could borrow against the land. Black people would be in a whole different situation financially if we had that alone. But even though things like that, hey, when you even get an NFL contract, now I tell guys, hey, you know, really think about where you want to live. And I said, I know people say that you have time, but the average career is two and a half years and you don't get a pension until your fourth year. So you don't. And I don't try to put pressure on them, but try to understand why you have this excess and how, why you have this quote unquote liquid or fluid cash. People are willing to do things with you and for you. So at that time, and, um, you know, guys coming out of college, you may not have kids. I didn't have kids or anything like that. So I was getting hit hard with taxes. And I'm talking about, I tell them about, you know, owning things, owning a piece of land, own something, man. Give something that is going to appreciate with value. <clears throat> things that I didn't know until I got like four or five years in. I'm like, dang, I'm just learning these things, right? I'm just learning these skills. And this information was here forever. So, um, you know, moving forward with that, I really try to, um, anybody who will listen, try to, I try to push for them to that. Start thinking about this now. When you're in these, in these rooms, um, I want to say you're in the room because a lot of times you're not, but you can get access to them. And that's the biggest thing. You can get access to them. Um, so I think that's, a, that's something important for us to, to really be intentional about, really, really be intentional about. Because once you're done, you don't get the same kind of access to those rooms anymore. Mm-hmm. So you can make a couple of calls. It's, you may not hard to get to, but, you know, and to your question, it, yeah, it, my thought of money, man, is just, I wish I would have knew this at 22. When I got drafted, I really wish I knew this then um, because the information I'm learning now is, wasn't even groundbreaking. I could have just positioned myself a lot differently financially and uh, to set up different things that I could have had working for me a long time ago. Had I known that's what I could do, I never knew that you could do that. <laughs> but so, you know, and then like you said, social justice, entrepreneurship in with that. So while I'm going through, I'm trying to coach some of these people up as well. Like, yo, trust me, do this. <laughs> so, or, you know, just at least point them in the right direction. Hey, use me as a resource. If I can connect you with somebody else, I would definitely do that. So um, that's what I try to do. I definitely try to, hey, if I can't give you that answer, I, I will get you that answer. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's like, we got to be intentional, right? It's like when you are in those spaces, take advantage of all of those opportunities that come with it, right? It's like, if you, you know, are lucky enough to get into the NFL or to get into any other sports arena, like, don't just consider yourself or look at yourself as just the athlete. It's like, look at all the things that are around you and you can do so much more and find yourself in other spaces. Uh, I mean, you know, they, you know, people look at us as only one particular thing. And then somewhere along the lines, we start to look at ourselves as that one particular uh, thing that other people want us to be. And then it's just like, we until it's like, we're smacked in the face of, oh my God, now what am I going to do next? And now they're acting like they don't know me and all these other things, right? Until... it's too late to your point, right? It's like you have or might have, you know, two and a half good years, maybe more if you're really, you know, blessed to continue in that way. And that's almost like if you want to, right? Right. You could be open, opened up to so many different things that, hey, you find out this isn't for me anymore. And like you said earlier, your gift changes. (laughs) right so maybe Mm -hmm. you end up in like a tech startup or something or you find out that you're really good you know at you know anything right whatever that Mm -hmm. that next thing is um so I love that you're having those conversations around being open taking advantage of what is in front of you in those particular moments and not waiting right and I think that it's more acceptable now if that makes sense yeah I mean and then it's one positive one of the positive with this generation social media access to so much I think when you know not I think I know when I was coming out if you weren't all about 100% football all the time they didn't there was something weird about you like oh this is not important to you and it's kind of like what you're thinking like what do you mean so you I feel like sometimes a lot of us probably did I know I did had to um, you're put in that environment so you feel like you have to do that to excel in the in the space that you're wanting to right you like hey I want to be here for a while like I got in seven years and it's like, you know, I got to do what I need to do so I can keep being here doing what I love doing. But there is no rule of law says that's what you have to be. And I think that I was blessed enough to play a little bit longer and I started to figure it out. 
And that's why I was like, dang, I wish I would have figured it out a little early. In my mind, I always knew there was something more bigger than football. I, I didn't always just think about football all the time, but it was kind of a, a taboo. Like if you showed interest in other things, then you weren't all about football. And that's completely uh, further from the truth. Um, and now it's it's almost acceptable for guys to you know, set up businesses and, and do other things now. I didn't know about LLCs until I pretty much got out of the NFL. Never heard of it. I didn't know you could do that on your own. Like even something that small, I could have done that, you know, years ago. But I just, you know, a part of me is like, wow, how did you not know that though? How did you go to college and graduate and not know that? <laughs> well, not, I just didn't know that. I really didn't. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it, it, I, yeah, it's like it's all you know. Hindsight is twenty twenty. All the things that we don't know. But it's like I, I think you bring up such an important part about how you know, especially in that in that lane when you were in um, in the NFL, and then versus how it's looked at today, where you can be in multiple things. And I think to some degree, people expect you to kind of dabble in a few other things as opposed to just, um, you know, something being your main thing. But it's like, even with that conditioning does to a person, right? It's like, you are only, you only need to be focused right. on this. And, and it's just like, this is what you do. This is how you show up and life just passes you by while everyone else who, you know, probably, you know, doesn't look like you and I is doing all of the other things in addition to, right? But it's like, for us, it's like, we kind of have to come mm -hmm. to the table and focus extra hard so that there's no questions about whether or not we want to be here, how we're showing up, how we're working hard, and always in those spaces of having to prove ourselves like to the infinite power. <laughs> Absolutely. And not being able you know, to- No, you're hit it on the head. Everything else. It's we can't, you can't. And give them a reason to think that you're not committed right and that's another part of your mental health it's not healthy to be focused on one thing they always say growing up you know too much of anything is not good for you but how come when you got to this space it was you know you didn't really think about <laughs> exactly. that like but um i wrestled with that even when i was playing though because i've always um i grew like my mom um yeah my grandfather's a pastor um he passed away <clears throat> at 96 but you know everybody in my family uh, is good with instruments music and so I've always been into that so um even when I got to the, uh, to the NFL it's a transition with that too you know I had older guys tell me hey man when it's time to get away you got to get away from this I really didn't understand because you were always taught to you got to do this you got to do this you got to work 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 all the time if you want to be the best you got to do this do this do this and what they don't tell you is that, you know, in order to be the best, you need to get away. You need a vacation. You need to mentally step away. You need to find something um, else that brings value to your life. So if you like to, like I like to paint, um, you know, play my guitar, there's other things that, that I need. You need that creative part of your brain to be working. You just can't be this all the time. Um, and I think that now that it's starting to, reveal itself that it's okay I see now you I think you see guys taking a little bit more risks and doing stuff like oh why is that guy doing that man he's figuring it out and, it, and these people uh, that comment or speak negatively about athletes are like 22 year old kids mm -hmm. 21 22 20, they're figuring it out just like any other kid would do in college they're figuring out and they go into their profession they're trying to say like man this is something that I really like doing I did football for so long I didn't really know that I enjoyed this mm -hmm. so how can I use this love to uh, extend throughout my life because there's only a short shelf life in, in professional sports and you just don't know when that window's gonna close for you. So um, I'm glad that it's starting to be something that is, is being noticed and recognized. Um, you know, you, you still have even going up to this draft, some negative, you know, stereotypical things are said about certain players. Oh, you know, we don't know if he loves, that's always the same kind of knock. He doesn't work hard enough. Right. He doesn't, why? Because it didn't look like the people that you know. It doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like them. So because it doesn't look like them, therefore it doesn't exist. And that's just so unfortunate. Yeah. It's you're always having to to uh, measure yourself up to one, the person who doesn't look like you. Two, didn't grow up in the community that you didn't grow up in. The same things don't mean the same things to us as it does to them, but that is a measuring stick of who you are in your life. So um, as I said before, as I alluded to before, you know, guys start to realize that as they progress in the NFL, and, and it's unfortunate that 
you know, everybody doesn't get that lesson, but you, you have to grow. And, and unfortunately, you don't make it all the time that long enough to realize that. And um, so it, it's important for, for guys like me that he's gone through it to um, share that with the, the guys coming in. How can I help? I reach out to some of the guys on Twitter. I DM them, how can I help? If, you know, you need, you know, introductions, man, what you're going to do after ball? Let Help me. Like, I'm not saying that we're going to do a business venture, but it's not even about that. I want to help you. If I can bring you access to something, hit me up. Let me know, man. How can I help you? I'm going to make a call for you. Like, I, I really try to be intentional. Like, I can't do it for everybody. I do try to be intentional and reach out to some of those guys. Hey, give them my number if you need anything, man. If you just want to talk, yo, hit me up. So um, I think we just need need more, more people uh, doing that, uh, reaching and connecting and serving one another. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. It's just like, and then being willing to receive it and take it and even ask for help, right? It's like, we definitely have... Um, a bit of an issue there, you know, that we're working on within our community <laughs> about yeah. asking for help and then also being okay to receive it and then say that you had the help, right? It's like all of those mm. things are healthy, okay things to do and necessary things to do, right? It's like, again, it's like we can't take on everything because that all is draining and bad for our mental health. So, mm. you know, figuring out those individuals who can help us being okay to ask it and then being okay to receive it. Um, and the receiving part of it is probably sometimes the, the biggest thing too, you know, being mm. ready to. Um, so what are your, what are your thoughts around kind of the change and the temperature that's going on as it relates to like HBCUs and athletes that are now making the intentional decision to go to HBCUs as opposed to a lot of these PWIs who have been recruiting them, possibly looking at them, you know, since they were younger. Yeah, I love it. Love it. I've been saying it for years. I love it. Um, I've had my experience with both. And, you know, the thing that, you know, the, the, the negativity that I hear back, you know, the HBCUs don't prepare you for the life that you're going to see outside of that. Right. And wow, you know, <clears throat> And just that to throw in that, you know, that, that clearly our um, vice president is an HBCU graduate, right? So we can Yeah, honor. yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, if you didn't know, now you know, right? Now you know, exactly. <laughs> you know. And that's it's hard to hear, but to answer your question, um, man, it's, uh, I love it. I've been pushing for it for a while because I feel, I don't feel like I, the reality is that we're 80% of the product. The money will follow the product and we can, that's one of probably, I wouldn't say maybe one of few industries that we're actually the majority in, and we could actually flip that model on its head because you, we don't realize how much influence and, and, and power that we have if the guys, uh, instead of going to Alabama, they go to Alabama State, you know, where I went, or Alabama A&M, unfortunately, don't go there. No, I'm just kidding, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> You know, if they started to pay attention there and like, you know, <clears throat> Dion's doing a great job there at, at Jackson State, bringing notoriety there. The money's following, right? So the athletes come and the communities around it. And I was even talking to guys, uh, even while I was still in, man, what happens if uh, the, the guys that, um, that made it out of the HBCU start buying houses and properties there, living there? Then, you know, that brings up the value in the community. Now you start getting the whole foods or, you know, maybe natural organic sources coming to healthy eating, the maybe the yoga, Pilates. Now you get, you know, mentally start to be in a better place and conditioning your heart, your, your mind, your soul, your spirit. Those things started to happen. Um, but I think a lot of times it just starts with, it does start with athletes, unfortunately. You know, that's, that is something that we have the overwhelming majority and it's not even close. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a lot of the other industries that we don't have. We may maybe be the majority, but it, like I said, with football, it's about 80-20. Yeah. We are no doubt clearly the majority. And uh, so I'm, I'm loving it. I think that, you know, my experience, I didn't know how much weight and baggage that I carry as a Black man until I didn't have to do that anymore. Hmm. And going to HBCU was the most freeing thing that I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah, it's definitely uh, an experience like no other. Man, it's I loved it because, like I said, I think that well, I know that when you're in the PWI, you're so used to it, you don't really see it. 
And since you've been living with it and operating in it, you're used to that system. And then once you once you step foot on campus at HBUs, like you know, back then we used to wear white tees that people didn't judge you. And even something as small as that, like I would be cognizant of how I appeared and how I dressed when I went to class, right? And when I went to the HBCU, it's not that I wasn't, but I know that I didn't get stereotyped in a negative way if I was. You had dudes with cornrows or dreads that were engineers. You know, it's silly to even bring that up as a talking point, but how you're viewed at a PWI is totally different. I remember I played with a guy um, in the NFL and he went to Stanford, had long dread, the whole nine, and you could see how people would treat him. But you never know this dude graduated with honors from Stanford, like, or even, even like Richard Sherman. You know what I mean? It's, it's, that's another one of the examples that did the same thing, but just the parents of how they appear and how they dress, you automatically assume they're that way. Mm-hmm. And going to an HBCU is so freeing because people don't see you as, oh, I don't think people ever said, oh, Mike, that's a dude that played football. That was like the last thing because people knew I did it. They didn't never even talk to me about that. Mm-hmm. They get to know who you are, you, who you kicked it with, who you rock with. You know, that was it's a different experience. Back then, I mean, at the PW, PWI, every day I feel like I had to justify my existence there. Every day I had to prove why I was there and uh, prove I'm not a stereotype. But you got tattoos and earrings, so you're a thug. This is kind of how people... They said it without saying it. Oh, you're just here to play football. No, I'm actually here. I had pretty good grades. I had a 3.7 high school. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, why would I, why yeah. do I have to explain that? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just like, you hit on so many different points. I feel like there's just like a two, a, another episode to unpack it. But what I loved um, that you, well, a couple of things. It's like you, you talked about being a product, right? Like things follow the product. And I think sometimes we have to look at ourselves as that particular brand and product. And we don't do that enough, right? We always feel like we right. still, even in these moments, have to go to the places to be viewed by them as opposed to let me go where I want to go and make them come here for all the other reasons that you said and how that transition when I become an alum you know as an athlete and very successful and how I can go back and change the community and have the community members who are already there uh, experience the wealth and the transition from their own means, as opposed to other people doing it. And then we have to try to figure out how we buy into it and subscribe if we can even afford to live in the vicinity anymore. Right. So it's like, to your point, like all of those things transcend all of that and kind of start sometimes with just one or two people and those one or two people make such a big difference. And I think that, you know, we're, we're starting to, to see that and unpack that. Um, yeah, and I mean, we got work to do, but it's <laughs> a lot of work. It's but, like, but the fact that the conversation is happening. Yeah, yeah, the fact that the conversation is we're talking happening. about it. Yeah, right. and you know, and the fact that we we can show up, right? It's like we always are feeling like we have to show up in a particular way in certain spaces. And I do think the beauty um, of going to an HBC, which I'm always going to be a, a champion for, uh, regardless at any point uh, in your life, right? It's just the, the fact that you don't have to be anybody else but you. And people are going to look at you based on all the other things that you do, minus the one thing that you might have come, came in for. Like maybe you are a student athlete, but it's like, who cares? Well, what, what's up with right. you? <laughs> like what? Right. <laughs> like, can you help me with my homework? Right. And it's, right. When you go somewhere else. They're like, you're the last person I'm probably going to ask to help me with my homework. Unless for whatever reason, I have gotten to know you very well. And I know mm-hmm. that you're articulate and smart, but there's still almost like this invisible test we have to pass to, for, for that to be a thing. Um, right. It's yeah. a lot. And, and a lot. people that don't, I encourage people because I was like, I, t- I tell, I tell the person like, go to a PWI for two years and then go to HBCU. You're going to really realize, um, you really realize it. Just have that experience because it is, it is so refreshing to not be judged by the thing that you do. Like, you know, you don't see people say, oh, here's an engineer. But they want to say that about a football. I, this is a story. It's, it's so funny, but uh, it's, it's it's a pretty racist thing to say. But I remember one of my first my freshman year at school. This girl, uh, I was at a, uh, the PWI first, and she, she's like, "You don't look like a regular black guy." And I was so thrown off. <laughs> I was so thrown off about that. I, I, was, she's I don't, like, I don't know, even then, have time to unpack. <laughs> 
<laughs> I said, I was like, what? And then, and she followed up like, yeah, you have like straight teeth. And I just looked at her and I just walked out of the room. I was like, what is this me? And one of the, cause one of the guys that's standing next to me was, was a dude on the football team. He just grabbed me and we just walked out. But those are, and they thought, she thought she was being nice. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like, I wasn't mad at what she said because I didn't, I, I feel the heart of what she was saying of, I didn't take it as she was trying to be malicious. It was just that that was completely disrespectful. Yeah. And then I don't really don't know what you mean by that. It's like, I don't know if to be offended or do I, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what rock did you live under? Like where, right. where what are the, you know, <laughs> there's just so many things. There's so many things a, wrong with that. The, and even, you know, to fast forward now that we still, like those are still questions. It's like you, you know, oh, you, you know, you talk well you can articulate like, well, what did you think was going to come out of my mouth or how it's supposed to sound? Um, yeah, you just, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah. And if, and you know, more so the fact that, that apparently, you know, they think that that's okay. You know, people right. feel like that's okay thing to, to like, say. Who do you say that to? Like, <laughs> you walk up to a random person, like, you don't look like a regular white person. Like what, what kind of, yeah, <laughs> And the thing about it is like, we would never think to even say that, you know, it's like that would never even be a thing to even say as a thought or even just kind of out loud to some degree. Um, Right. Yeah. It's loud and what they feel like it's nice. Like you're you're doing me a favor by telling me this. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you. Uh, Okay. Right. Right. The the best thing we can do is just turn around and walk away. Away. It's, it's, it's never, you're in a lose-lose situation at that point, but that's unfortunate that you're even put in that position as a teenager, right? Mm-hmm. I was about 18 years old at that time. So even to have the wherewithal, the, the maturation to be able to walk away from that situation, um, to be able to suppress how you feel. And I think that's what the HBCUs kind of reverse that thinking, like you don't have to suppress how you feel. And that is not okay. And it's okay to feel like that's not okay. It's okay to be upset about that, mm-hmm. you know? And when you have more people that I think at HBCU, you see more black successful people, it's motivating you. It's so motivating to see like, oh man, my boy got the engineering degree. Like one of the dudes I played ball with at State, he is a dentist, it's a, it's a financial uh, advisor. There's so many guys that were doing so many good things as a doctor I played with. Uh, and it's like, for me, that is so motivating to go to, to go to college, you know, playing ball to get you free, but the guys that are really excelling in their career after football was just amazing. It, it motivated me to keep working. That's what they said they want to do. And they're doing it at a high level and I'm playing in the NFL, something I wanted to do. And I'm playing, I'm doing that at a high level. So it's definitely, uh, iron shopper nine iron there, uh, for sure. Absolutely. You don't get that experience at a PWI. You don't, you just don't. And I think um, people from your, your culture, they get it, they get mm-hmm. you, they know how to, uh, I would say motivate you, but it's just, <clears throat> they know how to speak your language. Mm-hmm. They just know how to speak your language. And it's your parents aren't there and you have a professor who gives you that same look and you're like, Ooh, okay, right. I need to get it together. Yeah, you're right. Right, right. Okay, I'm sorry. My I, I shared that with somebody else uh, <laughs> one time. I was on a podcast. They were asking me about that. And I was like, you know, the being at HBCU, I had so many conversations with some of my professors with life, just about life. We didn't even talk about the school subject and not football, just life. Like, how are you? Like, really invested in me, cared about me. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to get your master's? I had graduated early. So there's like, the teacher was pushing me. He's like, why don't you just finish? Why don't you just finish? She was. That was all she was about. Didn't talk to me about football. Didn't talk to me about any of that stuff. Like, oh, why don't you just finish your masters? Just finish your masters. Like every day, really. See me walking on the yard. Where are you going to do it? Like, and now I just like, you know, you had so much encouragement to be better, do better. Um, that's, Mike, you did great. Now you graduated in three years, but why don't you just do this? And it's like, now I feel like I feel compelled to make sure that I, I pass that on, right? To, to any of the guys like, yo, finish, do better, do more, cause you can, you know? Um, <clears throat> just that kind of positivity and that kind of commercial plane in your mind that, oh, I am more, I can do more. So um, it's all positive. It's, it's just a positive um, 
place to be for, um, you know, anybody that attends, anybody that attends, really. This is a, probably one of the best experiences you'll have in your life, that's for sure. <laughs> I could not agree more. And it's like, I don't feel <clears throat> you really, really appreciate it until you look back on it. There's like a much deeper appreciation. It's like kind of while you're there, you get it, you love it. Um, you appreciate certain things. And then you're also in college and you're a kid and you want to get out, right? You just want to be <laughs> done with the academic side. But then you turn around at certain points in life and you're just like, wow. Like, wow. I didn't realize that this came from this or I am so right. strong because of, and it's like, it all tends to sometimes relate back to that HBCU experience and, and, and being in, and appreciating being in a moment to turn around 360 to everyone that looks like you. Because when we're mm -hmm. dropped off in this world after the bus, you know, goes by, that's not the case. But we are mm -hmm. dropped off with all of the survival skills that we need to to pick ourselves up even in moments where we forget it's like we can turn back around or pick up that phone mm -hmm. or whatever and it's just like that quick reminder of this is who I am and we belong and all of the things that come with that um Absolutely. so before before we hop off um mm -hmm. what was your like what are your you know words for the next generation of you know people who want to really understand and go into that like social impact space that you're in now you know leaning into all the other skill sets that you're discovering or rediscovering you know how do you tell people to really lean into that i would say the first thing is you know check your circle i think that would be the biggest thing that i would do um regardless of what industry that you choose to um as your career, your chosen way uh, of life, uh, that, that doesn't matter as much as who you have around you. Whether if you're an engineer, you may want to have an athlete on your team, somebody you talk to, a like-minded individual. So I think that <clears throat> kind of what I was saying at the HBCU level, uh, it was so much encouragement. I think that's the biggest thing, man. And everybody can go along for the ride. And I think at the HBCU level, I know we're kind of switching subjects, but you, I just feel like you find more of that there. You, you find more people that are driven to be the next lawyer, driven to be the next vice president or president. You find that because there's more of you, so you find that. So I think one of the biggest things that you can do is, is check your circle, figure out what you really want, right? And find somebody who is in a different stage of life than you. So if you're in your 20s, find somebody in their 30s and so on and so forth. If you're 30, find their 40, and then you want to have that, um, find your mentors. Don't be too proud to beg for those, ask ask somebody, hey, reach out to them on Twitter or whatever, the Instagram, ask. You know, and I think a lot of the successful uh, Black men and women out there, I don't think would have a problem or point you in a direction. Hey, we have an internship program. Hey, we have this, fill out that, send it back. Like, I would definitely love to send you some things. Like, I think uh, that younger generation, the thing that they do, they have losses because we didn't have text and we didn't have all this stuff. We were, it's no stranger for us to go knock on somebody's door. I say, tell them, <laughs> tell them what we used hey, to <laughs> hey, you go knock on a, one of these, uh, one of the, uh, one of my frat brothers, I think, I believe he's a Neo at this point. Uh, he has asked me if I knew anybody. I told the guys, hit me up. I tried to direct you. He wanted to get into the, to the gym and fitness. And, you know, obviously <clears throat> I trained, uh, trained uh, for my profession. I knew a lot of people and I said, hey, here's his number. He said, you can call him. And I said, but if I were you, if I were you, I would just show up. And he was like, why? I was like, do you want to be there? He was like, yeah, I want to get a talk to him. We'll just show up. Make him tell you when this to come back. You call him, man. He can. He's not going to answer the phone probably because he's going straight to voicemail. Other guy, he's a trainer. So he's busy. He's going to be with clients. But if you show up, and then if he's not there, come back again. Leave a leave a write it down or leave a leave a message to come back again. Call him later on that day. But the, it's the the perseverance is something that's a little bit lacking. It's kind of like if I text and I don't text back, oh well, I tried. It's like they need to try. They go there, knock on the door, be relentless. So my my advice is, like I said, is it would be definitely check your circle, definitely get you some some mentors, find find some mentors. Find some people that are in the industry or in a, in a specific industry that they're successful and that they can pour into you. I think people get caught up to what it is. If they're a doctor, it doesn't matter. They, they had to put in some work to get to where they got. So find out what that work is and what it looked like and how you can add that to yourself. So definitely um, find you some mentors 
and um and keep with that humility be be per, be persistent persevere you you have to be persistent in, in this life you know if that's what you said that you want go and get it don't let nobody stop you seek until you find the answer you know and you can do that and especially with this this technology boom like it's easy for you to, to to find that there's so much there's so much information out there so for you to say you didn't know is just you didn't try hard enough so uh with this generation that's that's what I, that's what I would tell them to lean in. That's how you can lean in and don't wait, work, work while you wait. Like, Hey, you're, you're waiting for a response. That's cool. We'll set up plan B, mm -hmm. set up plan B and C while you're waiting for plan A to take form, get out there, still connect. You know, those are, there's so many things that you can do while you're quote unquote waiting. Just be, like you said earlier, to your point, be ready to receive. <laughs> it's right. a big thing right. to go out there but be ready to see don't right. don't like let it get money you when the money comes be know what you want to do with it it's like you ask for it so right. where's the plan right it's prep prepare for sure yeah. so and i think finding your mentor in the different space will help you mm -hmm. speak speak that knowledge into you you have to have somebody pour it into your bucket uh so those things are important they're so important because those things that uh uh, I named it last year, uh, uh, last year lifetime. Those are sustainable things and still things that I do to this day. I hit people up, ask them. I have no shame of asking for no help, <laughs> no advice. I feel Let like me sometimes know. Sometimes the older we get, the more we're just like, I'm not doing that. Who can I call? Right. <laughs> like, do, do you still do this? Perfect. Oh, I have perfect. I have a whole list of things I need help with. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, awesome. Awesome. I think that um, is a great, beautiful response. It's just like this is the things that we need to do. Be intentional. Don't wait. Have plan A through D through Z if you need to. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like don't someone doesn't respond to you that that's not a no that's just like okay well how do i get back in front of them or just do it mm -hmm. differently right um, so yeah all good all good stuff so where can people connect with you find you um support what you're doing i'm on um on twitter underscore cosign underscore c-o-e-s-i-g-n uh usually respond hit me up how i can find um web new website is coming out uh definitely will post that on social media once once that's finished it's under construction now um i do have a company uh, that i started with other athletes called 619 uh so be on the lookout for that uh it is what it is juneteenth is it's a deeper meaning to it and i'm sure people know juneteenth and realize what it was and was it and what it wasn't and we're trying to make it what it should be uh with that you know we really want free we want free to own anything we want free to have our own we want free to collab and do the things that we can do now so really being intentional about doing that and for our community uh collaborating with other athletes and and, and entertainers and, and whoever in any industry they don't have to be an athlete or entertainer but that is just the 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 uh uh, industry that I was in. So I'm definitely reaching out to the people that I was in my industry who had the same passion and the same heart and drive to to see these things through that are important to me and, and they're important to our community. So we're definitely uh, looking. Uh, would, we don't want to take anything after the, uh, off the table because we realize that as home entertainers that we are a product. We were the product. So why not use that influence for something better? So it is called 619, it's the Roman numerals, not the number, but uh, be on the lookout for that. And um, yeah, that's how you can get a hold of me. Awesome, I think that's that's dope. So congratulations on all of those things. Um, I feel like we'll have to have you back and unpack everything as it launches sure. in the continued <laughs> success. And I feel like there's so many conversations within the conversation, even around Juneteenth. And if you're not familiar with Juneteenth is, you know, there are so many resources <laughs> for you right. to learn about. Please do that. Um, even us, you know, we don't always right. know all the things about our history. And I think we're starting to really see that as we get older, what we were left out intentionally. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we weren't intentionally taught things. So definitely become avid. We, we play the black card revolt game at my duty party, oh. <laughs> just like, and for the culture. So yeah and I, I will i will fire you up if you don't know certain answers certain questions you need to know the answer okay so, everyone, so i am i'm, I'm like that challenges if, you, you know, <laughs> if you're friends with mike don't come to the table and not know your history and your stuff yeah. you know, hey. out, out there hey, you hey, you know how it is I you, know, you know how it is i know i know don't don't get embarrassed <laughs> 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 and you know how to, at the, at the, with the bros, it can it can go real south uh, real quickly. 
so, you know, just the last thing, right? Like, don't don't come to the table and embarrass yourself. <laughs> last, yeah, don't last do that. Don't do that. Last night. Yeah. <laughs> last, last little nugget. Well, Mike, thank right. you so, so much for hopping on the Included series. You dropped so many different, um, so many gems, so many great um, deeper conversations that we will definitely always continue. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for hopping on and sharing the, sharing the knowledge here. Thanks for having me. Loving what you you are doing. Um, at any time, any any time that you need me to come back or want me to come back, uh, definitely don't hesitate to reach out. So, uh, definitely, you got a fan here, and, and I'm cheering and rooting for for all the things that everything that you touch be successful. So. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Well, everyone, stay tuned uh, to the next episode of the Included series. Hey, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed another episode of the Included series. If you're in search for a financial professional, check out chipprofessionals.com and start building your financial team for free. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook at Chip Professionals. And make sure to check out some of our previous conversations. You definitely don't want to miss those. Together, we can change the face of wealth. So let's get to it. Thank you.